Welcome to the Meltzone Podcast. This is episode 33 from April 8th, 2020. I'm Tom. And I'm Stefan. And um, yeah, we still have a couple of Corona topics to talk about. Unfortunately, um, yeah, still in quarantine. Uh, we just talk a little bit about how we spend our time there. I've been... Yeah, using my VR goggles a bit, playing uh, Half-Life Alex and a couple of things. Finally built my tool changer and I'll let you know uh, what first experience that I had. And I also, well, built my first small print farm down in my basement last week and started printing uh, yeah, face shield parts for a local initiative. Also, uh, yeah, what also have been Coming up, um, the last yeah, the last time are antimicrobial filaments, uh, which are like filled with uh, copper or, or silver, and we just ramble a little bit about if they really could be suitable for printing parts out of it that are well self-disinfecting, or if you should stay away from those at the moment. And even if you're printing PPE from regular filaments, it looks like there are some hurdles to be taken for them to actually get used in hospitals and in places where you know they're needed when it comes to whether they're actually certified to do their job. Um, Megabot, actually, that's that's all the COVID-19 uh, subjects that we're going to have for you today. Uh, Megabot have announced that there is now a... Uh, sort of open material system that they're calling it for the MakerBot method, their premium enclosed printer. Um, we talk about whether that's actually truly an open system or if that's just uh, another way to, to make some extra cash on MakerBot's side. Then for the questions this week, um, oh yeah, I, I lied, we're not done with COVID-19. Uh, <laughs> converting printers for filament stock that you have in the wrong size, can you, if you can't get new filament and if you need to print stuff, um, can you convert a printer from 1.75 to 2.85 millimeters or reverse? Then um, more CNC stuff, will I design a printed CNC again or will we just stick to the premium <laughs> quote unquote, wooden CNC that's supposed to cut steel. And lastly, Autodesk apparently has a patent on non-planar printing. So Tom, how are you holding up in Bavaria uh, where really everything is locked down and you can't even go to like the hardware store? Oh yeah, that, that's actually that's actually the one that's getting me the most. Uh, <laughs> you know, I've, projects, I just did a video today about finishing projects, about having, you know, stuff that's been piling up finally done but for so many things you just need you just need like a few sheets of of uh, drywall or you need this you know wood cut off or something it's and you can't there's just no way to get it i mean it's open for um gewerbetreibende well so for registered business and stuff but i'm technically not a gewerbe i'm a freiberufler so there is a ah, difference okay i don't have a gewerbeschein okay i do you do okay even though oh. it says, I think, video production or something on that, but this is... Which is a... F I mean, you, you, get, you get to choose. Yeah, I get I to guess. choose. Yeah. And with I, I get things to like going to uh, buy groceries in the in the metro and stuff like that, it helps if you have that. Right. 
Um, yeah. But yeah, for, for everyone who who doesn't know, even though we are living quite close together, like two, two hours in between our places, I'm in Baden-Württemberg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you're in Bavaria. And uh, yeah. I mean, you're almost in Bavaria. I'm almost. I'm living right on the border to Bavaria. Yeah. And the thing is, Bavaria has, I think, the most strict regulations at the moment uh, in whole Germany, which means that for Bavarians, only real, really totally necessary businesses are still open. So you can get your groceries, but you as a normal person are not allowed anymore to go into a hardware store, for example. Yeah, I, for myself live in Baden-Württemberg and even though we are also quarantined and things like restaurants don't have open anymore for not takeaway food and also hairdressers and stuff like that are closed the hardware store is still open and um, with the beautiful weather that we currently have outside um, people are just piling up in the hardware store and especially since I'm living like basically on the border two 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 miles away from the border um also all of the bavarians that live just like half an hour away from us all come to my town and and go to the hardware store and they actually it's not illegal right um i think it would be illegal for bavarians to drive to baden-württemberg to get to the hardware store because uh they are kind of not allowed to go outside for things like that. Because I I actually got um, a letter from my employer where it says, okay, he is um, an employer of the company and he needs to come to work. And if police stops me, I need to show them that uh, in order to tell them I am not just doing a joyride. I'm I'm actually, well, going to work. Okay, I mean yeah. it's it's been a while since I've been in the in an employer employee relationship, but uh, <laughs> yeah, it, it it seems like most companies are still allowed to operate. Like if it's a if it's an office or like an engineering company or something, mm-hmm. um, they are technically still allowed to have employees in and and go about their business as usual. Um, but yeah, for for like private life, social life, um, here you're not allowed to meet with anyone outside of your your own household so uh like you're allowed to take walks outside with people that live in the same household with you but you're not allowed to meet with any single person uh that doesn't live with you so as far as i know the the german wide or the one that that you're also um under the regulations is one person you can meet yeah so one other person (laughs) i mean whether that's that's too smart or not uh, but it, I, I think i think that that helps a lot just to to be able to meet like even if it's just a single person if it's no. even if it's not having a party or anything no. i think that does help yeah. it, it definitely helps and i can imagine that just being stuck at home on your own for for such a long amount of time just drives you crazy at some point and we also already started like well, I started meeting friends and having a beer with them over Google Meets uh, f- right. over the last like like two weeks, uh, just because yes, it's the only thing that 
well, kind of we can do. My my fiance also is currently on like the sofa and is doing exactly the same. We had we had board games at the weekend online. That sounds like fun, yeah. Yeah, it was was really cool. It was it is kind of crowded at the moment, so um the the sites are not always working, but yeah. Oh, right. Crowded as in virtually crowded. Okay. Uh, crowded and virtually crowded, yeah. yeah. And yeah, yeah, so Steam Steam has also not been too happy these last few weeks. Um, <laughs> but I mean, Steam is, is never really happy about anything. It doesn't. <laughs> it seems to be pretty unreliable. But yeah, uh, I mean, for for me, technically, not much is is changing. I can still come to the studio. It's just, I mean, it's it's a it's a two minute bike ride. Um, I can still work as usual, but still, it's it has thrown me off quite a bit. Um, you know, now doing groceries for my mom, for my grandparents, for uh, my dad's family, who's an hour away, um, because my dad is, we don't know yet, uh, because there's still there's still no result on the test, but my dad's been suspected uh, to be a, a COVID-19 case, so they're not going outside. Uh, it's not, I don't mind doing that, I don't mind, uh, you know, shopping for, for family and stuff, but it's just, it's throwing me off enough that my, my video schedule has been so far off. Mm. Also with, I mean, you've, you've posted about this Murph not happening. Yeah. Uh, I, I also just had, I think it was like one and a half weeks ago, uh, the weekend was kind of shitty and I thought about, ah, it would have been so nice to, well, there were the plans to go to Merv just a couple of days later. And I thought, okay, that's not going to happen. I would have really enjoyed going yeah. there. Our wedding is canceled. Our honeymoon is canceled. Well, we technically still going to get married, but just like the two of us. Yeah. Which is kind of hon- sad. Honeymoon is going to happen <laughs> on your couch. <laughs> yeah. I'm... Yeah, I already told you that before, but I'm so happy that we went to Japan last year because this year there any big holiday is just not going to happen. Yeah. Um so, so you have you have some memories to, to live off of. That's nice. Definitely, yeah. yeah. I hope hopefully I can now take the time that I have when I don't have have well when I'm currently on holiday to to finally like organize the pictures of the holiday and to make something like a photo <laughs> book or something like that. that that seems to be something that's always a one year later job yeah it's, oh. it, it, it's nice like that because you, you get to li- relive the entire thing right oh uh, yeah well I already prepared the pictures for a couple of friends before um all of the lockdown was happening so I have the pictures, but I would still like to have them in like a, a physical way in a photo book or something like that. I wanted to do that over Christmas, but then just even the three weeks over Christmas, we're not enough time to get things like that done. But yeah, hopefully, ho- hopefully it's going to happen now. The only thing that is... I don't know. I'm a little bit split at the moment is weather is great outside and I'm still like sitting most of the day here in my office and not enjoying like the warm weather outside. It's, uh... I mean, you don't you don't have to go to work or you don't have to, to work even for your regular job uh, for this for these coming weeks, right? You're basically on, on uh, mandatory vacation. <laughs> well, I'm on mandatory vacation next week and the week after that. This week is just like the normal vacation I would have had okay. anyways over Easter. But yeah, 
little bit more more time uh, for for myself and for the family. And uh, maybe if the weather is going to get a little bit worse, finally have the chance to finish Red Dead Redemption 2. <laughs> well, have you finished uh, Half-Life Alex yet? Yes, I finished it just to, uh, this morning. Okay, you you mentioned like, oh, this is, this actually is kind of scary, creepy. It is horribly scary and creepy, but I, I enjoyed it too. so much. I enjoyed it so much. Get it? It's okay. it's great. Okay. Uh, it took me nine hours to finish. I did it really slowly, but it is a horribly enjoyable experience. Right. It's. Um, can, can you know you, ready? Can you play Sorry. it in in like little bits? Um, because I know um, Boneworks um yeah. has come out a bit earlier than that and it's it's kind of the the game everyone has been getting in mm. expectation of alex just to, to to satisfy their their own hype a bit yeah. um and one of the complaints about that was hey the save points are kind of sparse so you'd yeah. have to play two hours at a time just to hit the next next save is that better in alex yeah it kind of saves every two minutes okay and you can uh, well those are the auto saves and then you can can save manually um i have sometimes just been playing for for 20 minutes but it seriously is such an enjoyable game the experience is is great i never had something similar like that before and uh what i just wanted to say do you know uh ready player one that i've book and, i've heard mm, much about it i've not i mean i need to get into reading i i it, I, I, i don't like the movie I don't like the movie. Don't watch it. Um, okay. If you have just some time to kill, uh, get the audiobook. Listen to Ready Player One. Okay. Um, I well, I, I think we listened to it uh, last year on holiday or something like that. And it is also just showing people like like living in VR all day. And after now having vr goggles for just a couple of weeks i can totally imagine that that's going to be something that is totally real in 10 years seriously <laughs> right well it's, it's going to be interesting to see whether uh, vr actually sticks around or where it's just been that that mm. pipe cycle for now uh just like it was with 3d tvs which are gone now yeah but that was just stupid i think vr so The the thing is, uh, right. VR is I think going to stick if um, there's going to be content for it, and I well it it was dying down a little, but now with the release of of Half Life Alex, I think uh, the whole VR industry is getting quite a push. Um, way more hardware is is sold just purely for that game yeah. and then also more just developers will will jump on that train and maybe even like take uh techniques that they learned from from that game and implement that in theirs and as i said um i wasn't getting motion sick um it is just such an immersive experience especially if you have played the 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 old half-life games before yeah what? i've actually i've actually not played any of those yeah i hear half-life 2 is pretty good Uh, right. Okay. Yeah. So, um, yeah, but I mean, for, for VR in general, I I've, don't I, know if I can continue talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think you were 
you were too young when Half-Life 2 released. Possibly, yeah. <laughs> I mean, you, you're not that much older than me. Are you? Are you? I'm three years older? Yeah, yeah three okay, years older. Okay, yeah. 32, yeah. So, okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but anyways, I've, I've got the Vive, um, the original yeah. HTC Vive, which I, I used that for the first time and was just like, Dude, this is this is so much better than what I expected. Like the hardware, the tracking, and all that is is so good. Then uh, Christmas last year, I got to try out the Quest, the Oculus Quest, yeah. and that was just that took away that that one big thing of oh, you need a gaming computer and you need to be wired up to something. The the completely wireless built-in experience is really good, even though the hardware mm. and the specs are are not as great as even the Vive is, but mm. it's it's still fluid and flawless and, and feels really good now mm. um what what i was what i was keeping an eye on is uh is vr actually going to go beyond the experiences um like meta it's in right now mm. where, where you don't really have anything you can like spend time on um mm. but it's just something you go through once and then you don't pick it up again like uh accounting great game Great, great yeah. experience, I guess. It's a, it's like a half an hour thing. It's by the, the Rick and Morty writers and it's really funny and it's engaging and it's well done, but it's you do it once and then it's done, that's over. Like, are we going to move past that? Um, and also needing space. But obviously, the, um, I guess with, with Alex, you can do that sitting. You don't even need the, the full motion, right? Uh, yes, I think you could do that, but... Uh, I think it would just take so much from the experience. Right. Um, so I, I did it standing. I also don't have like the six by six foot, two by two meters that they actually recommend. And I was sometimes hitting walls <laughs> and glasses and bottles that were standing around when I was, <laughs> I tried to crush like wood or something like that. All right. Um, but still, it was a great experience. Nice. Okay, I'll I'll check it out. Recommend I, for it. I I have actually rearranged what used to be the the office into a a gaming and you know VR room, so I do have the space to use it. I should just I should go for it. <laughs> it's just you know when 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 I do actually game, um, I I think we've talked about this last week, yeah, yeah. last time. I I do it socially to hang with friends, um, so spending more time gaming on single player stuff. I, I, I do enjoy single player stuff. It's just I, I, I don't want to spend the time on it. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, yeah. What, what so, else? Have... Yeah. J j just a couple of things yes. to to uh, entertain you when uh, you don't have m much else to do. I don't know. Yeah, you Are you still out? allowed to go to go RC flying? Um, I. Uh, so it's not. It's not clearly defined that he cannot or can do it so sport activities uh, are allowed however um driving a motorcycle is not considered a sports activity um, seriously well it's not okay so it's it's explicitly they've uh, they've clarified that so driving a motorcycle not considered sports um running cycling obviously is so i would say probably that uh rc flying is technically not allowed now on the moral side, when I'm out on the field by myself, I'm not going to cause any harm, but I would rather not risk it. So I'm just uh, not doing it right now. Okay. Yeah. Kind of sad, but yeah, ho ho hopefully it's going to be better in like a couple of weeks. We'll see, we'll see. How, how quickly stuff gets lifted. We'll see. Um, 
but yeah, we, we're not going to be out of this quickly. Yeah. That's that's for sure. Yeah. Well, one of the things I I used to entertain myself or just to to kill a bit of time, I finally built the tool changer. You finally got it out. So I've I've seen some tweets, uh, some photos that he posted. How has it been treating you? Um, it's a project. <laughs> <laughs> which is why I didn't get into it. <laughs> um, it is just mechanically and electrically a really nice machine, but I haven't been using Do It before. Um, the documentation, right. even though for the building process, it's kind of good. After you're done building, you're kind of left on your own. You have the forums and... I am quite happy that I have a couple of contacts at at E3D that uh, help me out. Um, yeah, it's 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 a really cool machine, but it, I think it still requires a lot of tuning to get it running really nicely. Um, Is there the principle with the locking mechanism and yeah. also like dual extrusion is working quite well, to be honest. Is there so for the for the configuration? Um, is there no like de facto standard setup that's being shared around or profiles like you have for other printers? There is. Um, so there is an E3D GitHub which shares the configuration files for uh, the Duet board. But depending on the tool heads that you're using, <laughs> <laughs> chill. I was trying to hide it. Yeah. But, de yeah. de but depending on the. On the tool heads that you're using, you need to work on them yourself. And since I always okay. used Marlin before, um, I still it, need it to learn different. a lot of things in the direction of do it. Yeah. Just because it's configured differently. I really enjoy the web interface. It's so snappy. It's working really, really well. Yeah. Um, but just a couple of the settings are different. For example, one of the things, I think all of the settings are in... For example, for the speeds are in millimeters per minute instead of millimeters per second, which Possibly. the Marlin uses. Yeah, I think the millimeters uh, per minute is, is from the CNC world, while uh, millimeters per uh, second is a 3D printing thing. Yeah. Um, I think the I mean the, the basic idea of how you configure it is is similar to Marlin, I guess, uh, at least for the stuff that you can configure through G-code on Marlin. Uh, if you were jumping into something like Smoothieware, where you have a completely different approach to configuration, um, that's a, that's another beast. But yeah, it's, yeah. It, it is very different. And it is a learning experience on its own. Yeah. Well, so... But, uh, prints? Well, prints, uh, yeah. So this is like the first dual extrusion one. It, it doesn't look particularly pretty to be yeah, honest someone was commenting um, on twitter like why do e3d prints always look so bad but just give me one second where do i have it uh this is half of a sheep what happened the uh the prime tower uh oh broke uh, this right here is one of the all right i think it's from wexter Possibly, yeah. 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 Um, this is one of the uh, yeah, Prusa face mask uh, doctors that I printed just yesterday night, and it looks really nice. Yeah, it so just single really filament. Nice. Um, it is still a Bowden system, right? It's not a, a direct extruder system. I have four Hemeras. Okay, so you do for, have it. Direct. For, 
I do have a direct system, so I have four Hemera print heads. Currently, there are only two installed at the moment, but um, I think probably tomorrow I'll, I'll add the other ones. Okay. So it is direct drive. Um, people have been complaining and having issues uh, with the Bowden um, tool heads because you have 800 millimeters mm. of Bowden tube from the Titan extruder to the hot end. And then you have another bit of Bowden tube that goes to the spool holders. And the drag that you have in, in the tubes right. is actually um, sometimes causing issues, which is, yeah, kind of kind of obvious. Yeah, because... it, it does have a pretty large build volume, or at least, like I said, you don't, you don't have tool extruders. The, the entire motion range is full build volume for every tool head. So, so how much yep. does it go? 300, 300? Uh, 200 by 300. Uh, so 300 in X direction, 200 in, in okay. uh, Y direction. But and I think 200 and, or 250 and Z, something like that. Yeah. So it is a substantial amount in uh, of, of Bowden length uh, compared to like the simpler Bowden systems where, where the, you know, the CO10 stuff where you have uh, just yeah. one axis to worry about. So you've got, you know, square root of two for a square. Um, what is it called? With the uh, square triangle, uh, a squared plus b squared is c squared. What's that called? S- sentence of Pythagoras. Yeah, no. exactly, exactly. So you, you do have <laughs> you do have more than just the, the one x to worry about. Uh, so it is longer. It is longer. Um, and direct drive does make a lot of sense there. But yeah, the have you have you done any? So you you've only done those few prints. You've not done like any multi-material or multi-tool prints where you use a, a volcano with a V six with whatever, right? Not not yet, but. Um, as I said, I'm. I finished it. I think at the weekend, and now, now I'm just getting into the flow, like configuring, configuring it, and setting up the slicer. And I don't have a lot of experience with multi-material printing, so figuring out like ooze shields and prime towers and just the priming procedure itself on the machine and and stuff like that just takes a while. Yeah. Um, but I'm um, I'm really looking forward to because I I didn't have a a proper multi-material printer before and I think there are a couple of opportunities uh, to do there just like multi-color prints I have been wanting a set loss of Catan right. set multi-color printed for for like ages uh, and that's definitely gonna happen um, but also things like using PVA support now. Um, maybe even multi-material printing like integrating tpu parts in in or tpu yeah. pieces in in like um well for, a PLA for part or or flexible like parts yeah. yeah um though i mean that, that's not something that you do actually need the tool changer for um you can do that on i mean i guess my my quote-unquote best uh dual extrusion machine would be the bcn 3d sigma r17 uh, the Ultimaker, as I pointed out recently, is kind of clocked. Um, but <laughs> the um, yeah, the, the Sigma, it's a 2.85 millimeter system. And that's kind of my my main reason why I don't use it because like 98% of my filament now is, is 1.75 and I just don't have anything to feed that thing with. <laughs> so I, I would like to use it more, but I, I can't. And all the other stuff is just... 
I mean, I do have the Prusa Multimaterial 1, um, but that's not a particularly reliable printer. <laughs> <laughs> and, well, it, it does come with a problem that you can only run it with compatible materials. Exactly. You wouldn't be able to run uh, yeah, PLA and TPU, for example. Yeah, or as I've uh, shown it in today's... Well, we are recording this on April 8th. Uh, in today's video, even uh, PVA plus PLA, uh, in the case of the Atom 3D printer, is uh, a bit of a problem because it's enough okay. of a temp temperature difference that the uh, PVA will eventually clog. Or maybe that hardware but is just crap. How is the system of the Atom working? Does it does it do, uh, well, the same pr procedure as the Prusa Multimaterial does where you have one Pretty nozzle much. and just... Yeah. Pull one so, back. Okay. It, it, I usually call those multiplexes, where it's that Y piece above the hot end. Yeah. It's exactly that. Okay. Yeah. This is one of the issues, and this is also the benefit of, of for example, the Ultimaker, where you have two separate nozzles. Yeah. But then you have the oozing problem again, and things like that. And this is really cool with the with the tool changer. But it's it's just it's really going to be interesting when we have uh, true multi-tool support, and not just uh, you know multi-material or multi-color, um, you know the the approach where you have a, a cutting tool head in there uh, along with your extruder. Or was it, it was at Earth I think where somebody showed a uh, a threaded insert inserting tool mm. um, on the tool changer on a custom tool yeah. changer I think it even was uh, something like that that's that's where the tool changer is really great at because otherwise mm. it's just like hey you've got you've got the sigma the approach of the sigma where you have independent x yeah. axis extruders um, does the same thing yeah but this is I think actually one of the reasons why e3d are not selling the tool changer as a well 3d printer product yeah uh, they are selling the motion platform and you can also buy all of the accessories in their store, but they are not selling it as a printer. They're selling it as the motion system and you are the one that needs to make it work for your specific process. Yeah. And if you're somebody who, I don't know, just gets into 3D printing, I wouldn't, I would definitely wouldn't recommend no. getting a tool changer I, because it's just too complicated of a system. I think it's, it's very intentional that it is not a complete 3D printer um, yeah. just to make sure that nobody mistakes it uh, with one mm -hmm. because it, it, it definitely is not. Yeah. It, at the moment, it definitely is not um, just because documentation and everything involved until the point that you get it running is not as good as with most other machines. Yeah. Um, but still, to be honest, as I said, I, I think it's a pretty nice machine and I could imagine it being used just as a multi-tool head or just multi-print head 3D printer. Uh, you would need to spend a little bit more time and documentation and setting everything up. But yeah, I don't know. It's, it's still less expensive than an Ultimaker. Uh, I mean, those are very different products. <laughs> well, yeah, yes, yes. But um, on the other hand, people are buying Ultimakers to just properly use PVA support. And yeah, but it, it's it is it is a different. Yeah, it, it you can it do is everything a with a custom <laughs> Linux computer that you can do with a Mac. Uh. <laughs> 
<laughs> Just saying, you can you can use Arc Linux. Yeah. Uh, runs really yeah. fast. Um, yeah, it's it's a different beast for sure. Um, yeah, like something like an Ultimaker people buy because it's a it's a nice white box that claims to need no maintenance or, or well. It's it's a very nicely integrated system, kind of like the Prusa's, kind of like um, even the the BCN machines now, where it's where it's kind of a, a mm. complete package. Um, but the old the the uh, sorry the tool changer really is more of an experimental DIY platform. Yeah, yeah. But as I said, I think they are not far from the point to make it a three D printer product. They just don't want to. Uh, they just they, don't they, want they've to learned because from, all, all of the, all the support that is, yeah, definitely. <laughs> that, that's been that's been a bit of a disaster. Um, <laughs> there, I, I think there's videos, um, video interviews on my channel at least, uh, where Sanjay talks a bit about the the big box, which set out to be a, a good machine, but just they realized that making a product that size and that complexity is is a project, as you know, even many Kickstarter uh, projects find out. After they yeah. they are you know five hundred percent overfunded, <laughs> yeah, yeah. But still, yeah, it took me, uh, I would say, like four or five evenings um, to like set everything up and and it's get it running. Bad. It's it's not too bad. Yeah, as I said, um, just screwing it together. Basically, everything was in the box. Um, I had to do some soldering. I found out too late that I still need to print a couple of parts. <laughs> so you start building it and it's like in the fourth step, okay, now take this 3D printed part. Damn it, I should have read the, the documentation before uh, before I started uh, building it. So, um, But as soon as that's done, it, it was pretty smooth. So, yeah. Um, yeah, looking forward to using it, using it more for multi-material printing, multi-color printing, and uh, maybe also like put a spindle on there or just put one of these um, mixing syringes for epoxy on it and do right. like have a paste extruder on there and fill your part with epoxy at specific locations during printing. Just things like that are possible now with that machine and easily integratable with the tool heads. You say easily, but yeah, it's it's gonna be the software that bites you in the ass in the end. Yeah, but still, if if you are into some tinkering, it is it it can be a tool. But yeah. at the moment, it's a big project. Yeah, but people like projects and tinkering. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's that's why they buy the the cheaper printers. Uh, you know, sub two hundred dollars. Those are projects. Uh, I think that's not the reason why people buy those. <laughs> sub $200 printers because they're looking for a project. Um, well, they're getting one. <laughs> Either way. But you've, you've actually been using... Uh, you've, you've not just been doing project stuff on your 3D printers. You've actually been using them for proper printing, for proper emergency su well supply. Yes, finally. Um, so, yeah, we already talked about that in the last, and I think even the one before that, about 3D printing supplies, face shields, masks, whatever is involved with that. But, yeah, just like the beginning of last week, I got an email from a friend that got an email from somebody else where um, 
like a school locally was looking for 3D printing resources um, because uh, they were connecting with another school that have already been like distributing uh, 3D printed face shields all around southern Germany. And I gave them a call and said, okay, do you really have people that want to have this design because i don't want to like spend all of my time and material and things like that if, if people are just yeah. throwing it in the trash afterwards and they said no um there is a huge demand we are just like at the moment going from doctor to doctor and everyone tells us okay i want to have those because otherwise we're just putting pieces of cloth in our face so yeah last week i got all of the well printers that are, are currently properly working into my basement which aren't that many <laughs> i gave a yeah, couple of them away from... to friends and stuff like that um well, but yeah and then then started printing i have two prushas there i have an ender 3 which also is working fine it's so not far. high precision prints right it's it's not no very it's just demanding a thing it's not very demanding um if i want to make it maximum output uh, and the ender 3 is struggling a little bit with just the flow rate that you can get with it uh yeah. but yeah on this printer one face shield takes like a good one and a half hours to print in comparison to one hour that it takes on the prusa yeah yeah and then i have the artillery there with the volcano hot end and so All there's right. so kind of a really nice mixture um but you're not printing the the Prusa face shield. You're printing actually the the modified one that has a little extra bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know if you have seen the the video of Smarter Every Day. I have not from Des. Um, he he talks about the process that they are using to like well use three D printing for the stopgap, as he said. Yeah. Um, before they have those face shields or those holders uh, injection molded and he also said okay don't be the guy to argue what's designed to print and what could be better and i basically did the same thing they told me okay they have been printing hundreds of this design already um even though it's not the most efficient design to print uh i said okay i gonna print it i optimize my workflow that i can uh, produce parts as fast as possible but otherwise uh yeah I'll, I'll take your design it's it's fine if if doctors are wanting exactly this design go ahead and um doctors are at least right here uh with the ones they have talked with and they are currently using um they were really happy about the design with the big face shield in the front because right. uh, it was they had the feeling that it protected them more from droplets uh, just, just getting sinking in from down above. slowly, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Uh, who was it that, that started injection molding the Prusa-style uh, holders in the US? Uh, yeah. Um, no, it's, I think not the Prusa-style. I think those are the... Um, the, no, the without, Swedish. Okay, without the extra... Um, so they got like... Printed solid? Bunch of printed, solid. printed it's, solid. It's printed yeah. solid, right? I, I think at least they donated the PTG resin. I don't know. Something like that. Um, yeah. Of of course, and people, well, people were commenting on my last video. What crap are you doing? Injection molding is so much faster. 
Yeah, but well, if yeah. you don't have Once any injection modes at the moment, yeah, of course it's faster. But um, it, that's the thing with like three D printing. You don't have you don't have any investment in advance. You can just produce the parts, even if it's not that efficient. Yeah. And you can use that time to get up with your production of injection molded uh, inject injection molded parts. Yeah. That that is the beauty of three D printing. That is right then and there you can start producing. Um, and yeah, I mean it's it's let's let's not make any illusions. The three D printing face shields will be something we'll be doing for a few weeks, and then we'll have hopefully uh, an ample supply of mass manufactured um, shields, and we'll get a supply of masks of proper ones. That's that's the plan, right? As as stuff gets ramped up, mm. um, and we are already seeing that in the U.S. What is it, Ford or GM, where some some companies are starting to make uh, masks yeah. now? Uh, Tesla is working on you know converting Model Three parts into um, ventilator units. We are seeing those those uh, production lines where they can start pumping out more parts being ramped up but until they figure that out 3d printing is that stopgap and that's i mean yeah the parts aren't, aren't perfect but they're better than not having anything yeah and we have also already been discussing that and i think face shields is a really proper use of the technology i'm not a fan of 3d printed venturi valves or 3d printed face mask breathing masks just Due to the problems that come with it but just being a holder for a sheet of plastic in front of your face yeah. why not yeah and uh the, that sheet of plastic originally um i'll push her with her design started out having a 0.5 millimeter poly well pt uh shield basically that was supposed to be laser cut but um well that's that's kind of hard to source uh mm. and then you need to laser cut it so most designs are now using just um hole punched uh projector sheets which are super easily available that looks like a thicker one is that this this is a uh 0.3 millimeter okay also like it's from the office uh supply store okay. uh just a piece of plastic it's really transparent it's it's nice and sturdy it's it's way more sturdy than the really thin ones that you usually well know from school but even those work um i've, I've even those work, i think yeah. joel in his video was, was showing those being used and it i mean it does the job right it, it keeps droplets from hitting your face yeah. so even though it might not be as long lasting you just swap it out or grab a new one yeah toss it away yeah so exactly. i i am actually quite happy that i can use my equipment now for a good cause um just because i i have to be totally honest i was feeling kind of bad that i was somebody who has a shitload of 3d printers and material at home and is still one of the guys that didn't print out face shields or didn't do anything in the yeah save the pandemic or makers versus uh virus uh, yeah. um like yeah, movement um and that yeah that just made me happy and e even though it's not at the moment like a big effort for me just like every two hours i go down the basement and um yeah take take the bar parts from the printers and then just start new ones um 
every day I have 50, 60 new face shields yeah. down in my basement. Uh, give it away to the guy that assembles them and deburs them. And yeah, off we go. Yeah. I've not gotten any requests for actual printing to be done. Um, I am registered with the um, with Print to Protect, and they're now uh, fusing, fusing, fusionieren. Uh, yeah, th- fish, 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 in it? no, that's that's Spalten. <laughs> uh, <laughs> they're now combining their efforts with uh, Makers yeah. versus Virus. So, yeah, um, I I think we're actually pretty well off in Germany. Um, our healthcare system. Even though, yeah, I, I mean, my um, my cousin uh, actually just now quit a job in in a, in a, in a clinic, but um, she was like, yeah, I mean, originally it was a bit chaotic. Like, what do you do? What do you actually do with the patients? But it seems like we do have enough capacity. We do have, uh, at least for clinics uh, and hospitals, we do have enough uh, equipment to a point where you don't need to wear trash bags. Um, so we're pretty well off. I, like I said, I've not printed anything yet. I feel very bad about that, um, but I don't. I also don't want to go out and just print stuff and post it on social media to to get a few likes. Um, I I know that uh, Joe Three Maker Noob from Malta is, is printing a lot of stuff because they on their their small island they're kind of struggling. Um, I know the US is struggling a bit more probably than than we are. Um, so thumbs up for everyone who wants to help. And obviously the links to a few efforts where you can register are going to be in the show notes and video description. Exactly. I actually, I don't know. I was seriously harassed by a couple of people in my last two videos that kind of were in the connection of the current situation by using the current situation to make money from it because i was showing ads on my video yeah is he also complaining that other ones that just do entertainment and uh, are now watched a little bit more because people have more time uh if if they are benefiting from the current I mean, situation we could get into all, the entire insider trading um that's happening these days uh like, yeah, complain about those guys first. <laughs> I mean, I yes, I, 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 I see where they're coming from. I just don't think it's an issue. Yeah. No, it's not. Sorry. The, nah. Complain about Why? the US healthcare system first. But again, I don't yeah. want to get into politics. Um, yeah. Don't worry about it. You, you're getting the word out. You're showing yeah. tips to to where people can can do it more efficiently. And hey, it's you're putting effort in. It's not costing yeah. people anything to watch your videos. You're not charging them. You're not charging anything for your masks. You're not charging anything nope. for people to get your tips. Like you're still giving away everything for free. Yeah. The only cost is a bit of so. your time to watch a watch an ad. Exactly, uh, but um, let's let's just let's actually keep going and stay right on track with three D printed uh, PPE. So um, in the notes here, we've got antimicrobial filament. So the first one that um, I think was was shown around was the copper three D mask that I I think was a bit misunderstood. So basically, company Copper 3D, they make like an antimicrobial filament, copper-infused, whatever. Um, we're showing off a printed face piece. Um, 
that supposedly because it was made out, out of this uh, special filament um is killing off microbes and the um the implication there implication it was implied basically people were reading into that that yes that's going to filter out and kill uh the SARS-CoV-2 um virus as well which it i mean it doesn't the intention is to have a filter in there yeah so um that filament and a few others that possibly have antimicrobial properties because they are loaded with like silver silver ions that sort of thing copper does that actually do anything against a virus i mean i i'm I'm sure if they claim it's going to do stuff against the microbes against bacteria it's going to do that but Mm. does, does it actually help against the virus uh so copper 3d they are linking i think a couple of papers where they also tested their material against viruses in like general and it seems to be doing something what's what's something Um, is is it like significant or is it as far as i have understood it it is in a way significant that you could say okay this material doesn't need might not need as much disinfection as parts that are just printed out of plain plastic okay which which would support um from the numbers that i've seen and i'm I'm probably horribly misquoting them right now um these survival times of uh the virus on different surfaces where it's like three days on a plastic surface uh one day on i think like aluminum and stainless steel and about four hours on a copper surface um that would support that because on, on a copper surface you also have you know that that antimicrobial property yeah and the thing is those filaments are not just like copper or silver powder in in the material those are like special really very finely distributed particles uh, so they shouldn't be totally i think encapsulated in the material itself and for this reason they um well, they expose themselves to like bacteria or, or viruses um, if if they are in the material, just because they're that finely distributed. Right. Um, if you go on Copper Three D, I'm just I'm just on there and go on antimicrobial activity. Um, they are, uh, but I well, copper and nano copper inhibits the replication and propagation ability in SARS, influenza, viruses, blah, blah, blah. The thing is, they're saying right here that copper inhibits the replication of viruses and they're showing numbers right there. But Uh, the question is, was that tested on on copper or was that tested on their material? Wait, wait a second. That's not how viruses work. You, you need a you need a a living cell that reproduces the virus for itself. Like the virus doesn't reproduce on itself. Um, so I mean, what what I can see if you're saying, hey, a copper is inhibiting the reproduction, like yeah, it's going to kill the cell that tries to reproduce it. Yeah, uh, the might be lost in translation. Where where they're actually from? Because their English looks a bit. Oh yeah, Santiago de Chile. So that might just be a. Uh, lost in translation thing 
um, that their English mm. does look a bit rough in a, in a few places. Yeah. So, so yeah. The, th the, the thing is, um, I just am not 100% sure if they are working or not. And this is one of the reasons I am currently trying to stay away from those materials because if you don't have the setup to do a really scientific test on those material and i think with viruses this is i don't know something that at least i don't have i don't want to make any false claims yeah. um and for this reason i just can't recommend those things at the moment because i just don't know if they really work or not i i'm i'm gonna put it this way it's like in the real world if every uh face shield piece was printed out of this material it certainly wouldn't hurt uh it's not going to make it more likely uh that people get infected Probably. but uh is it worth using the material and are are, are the are the parts printed from that material actually going to see longer use uh, out in the field before being replaced Probably not. Um, they're probably just going to be either thrown away or thrown into a, a disinfectant um, after the same time of use as any other material. So, it's in in real use, it probably makes very little difference. Yeah. But yeah, we'll see. Um, I I have seen this material already on I think form next last year and the year before and they showed it for the use in prosthetics and things like that just that the material that ha you have on your skin and where you're potentially like sweating into uh is not starting to smell that quickly and that would already be an indication that at least it it helps against bacteria yeah as i said which i um, mean for, for bacteria like I, i'm i'm confident that it does something um, we've yeah. got those those silver ion socks uh, that everyone's going crazy about that supposedly never smell. Um, <laughs> I, I can I can totally see the same thing happening in filament. Um, but in in general, so next topic in general for the for the equipment, um, a few things that I've been seeing that kind of worry me is. Oh, there's been this horrible story going around that uh, a lawyer actually sent out a cease and desist uh, for people. Uh, sewing up masks and and giving them out for free and was like no you can't do that and if you keep doing that here's your fine that you're going to pay uh, because I guess it was implied or explicitly stated that this was a protective mask and mm -hmm. it's not certified as a protective mask and like that's false advertising and whatnot. not uh, man yeah I I also I I read an article from from a lawyer about that topic and he specifically specifically said that you need to declare them as I think something like supportive masks or something like that not protective but just behelfsmasken uh as I think he stated right. in German um that they don't fall under the um medizin how's it called in Germany 
medical regulations. The, yeah. yeah, just some medical regulations. We just um, we just straight up not claim that they're doing anything. Um, that's how all the like crystal healing shit gets its uh, <laughs> makes it past uh, lawyers. Where it's like, <laughs> hey, yeah, I mean, you, you can buy these, and people have said that they do something, but we're not gonna we're not gonna guarantee you claim anything. Um, Negative ions. Uh, yeah, well, th- those are at least something that that exist. But there's, I mean, uh, yeah. Look, if if you're German and if you, if you enjoy science and and a good uh, laugh at times, uh, do listen to Methodisch Incorrect. They have some some really good stuff in there, or some some I don't want to say good, but some really worrying stuff. So yeah, it's. <laughs> I'm I'm disappointed that we're we're now seeing uh, lawyers take action against uh, people trying to help, mm-hmm. and not against uh, those folks. But it it looks like um, even with the printed mask, there's been some cases where they weren't even allowed to be used. Uh, for example, in a, in a hospital setting, um, where they they were sitting at the ready and the you know. They weren't allowed to be to be used out on the field, um, even though there was nothing else available. I think in the US, um, some of the mask designs, I think also the ones that are being done by Printed Solid, if that's the actual company injection molding them, but I think it is. You mean the shields the, and not sorry, the masks? Sorry, yes, yes, the shields. Shields, okay. Um, yep. So those, some of those designs are now approved, and I think by the Swedish or Irish um, the agencies... Um, <sighs> probably Czech Republic uh, for the Prusa designs as well. There are some designs that are now officially approved to do at least a a, a, um, mm-hmm. a, a temporary stopgap um, function. But yeah, that, that's also something that, that that's being run into where your equipment doesn't, for example, in Europe doesn't have DCE mark. So technically you can't use it as protective equipment. Yeah. <sighs> and to be honest, there is a reason for that. Um, but on the other side, it well depends on the situation. Um, it's it's liability, <sighs> right? Um, if it's let's 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 look at it like this: if it's a hospital that passes out or hands out these masks to their employees, and the masks don't work as intended, and the employees get sick or worse um, die from from an infection that could have been prevented by using a better mask. Yeah, that's a problem. But yeah. I think if people want to wear them on their own account, um, maybe because they don't have anything else or maybe because they want to leave the the proper equipment for the people that actually need it, then I don't think that there should be any like resistance against that. Yeah. It's... It's it's a weird situation at the moment, and it's it's hard to say what's what's wrong and what is right. And um, also, f- well, also for myself, I try try not to to uh, comment on things like that because you can just be wrong. You always have both sides at the moment, and both sides make sense in a specific way. Yeah. But yeah, as I said, just situation is there's uh, always there's different. always a difference between what is like legally correct and what is morally that the right thing to do uh no. those those really line up but um yeah yeah maybe on on the topic morally correct mm. uh let's <laughs> let's talk about 
uh, MakerBots, yes. the MakerBot method that um, did now open its material system <laughs> for third-party vendors. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, MakerBot, you absolutely did open up your material system. <laughs> so I think before mm. the MakerBot, I don't know if it was the same for for all, also for the the replicator ones, but at least the MakerBot method, the yeah. new very cool and Red Dot Design Award winning um, multi well dual material printer with whatever. Um, you were only able to use their spools, which which I think MakerBot is even like uh, selling in containers or, or something like that. I don't know if they just have RFID tags on their spools or if it's, it's uh, the same thing as they do it uh, at, at Stratasys where you have cartridges I, with I filament on the inside. I believe it's very similar. Let me, well, let's look it up real quick. Because we have the internet available and it's a whole lot of fun to know it's a spools. It looks like spools. Oh, it's a spool. So it's got a, the spool has a built-in uh, piece of, or bag of desiccant and an RFID chip uh, at the hub. Kind of like what Ultimaker is doing with their, um, I don't know what Ultimaker is calling it, but Ultimaker has the same yeah. RFID system. Yeah. But in difference to Ultimaker, um, Ultimaker allows you to use different material. Yep. It's just not recognized during the loading process. And you can say, okay, yeah, that is PLA or PVA exactly. or whatever. Works just as well. um, for MakerBot, that wasn't the case. You were only able to use their materials. But now they are claiming that they opened up their like material system. And you can, I don't know if they're really saying you can use anything, but you have more background on that so the way i read it so first of all it's a it's an upgrade part um you buy a new modified hot end um it's called the MakerBot labs extruder so i guess they're they're just kind of not taking any responsibility if it doesn't work um so yeah, there are recommended materials. I don't. I don't know if this is the same press release that I read first, um, because what it read like um, was that there is a certification. Oh yeah, still uh, that there still is. Okay, there is a certification program for filament manufacturers that it can go through um, to be. It's actually not very clear um, about that, but the way it reads to me is that he can use those certified materials uh, with a new labs extruder. He may be able to use. Huh. Are those certified materials going to have a, a, an RFID chip or not? Because if they don't, then that just allows you to, to push any sort of material into the, the method that you want. Um, <laughs> but the with that certification process, the way that usually pans out is that MakerBot is going to charge a few thousand bucks for that certification because they do testing and validation and whatnot with it. Um, and that's going to allow you as the user to then use that material. It's just not clear whether they, they then require the manufacturers to put little RFID chips on their spools. Mm. But yeah, it's an upgrade part. And it's kind of like, uh, is it really an open filament <laughs> system again? I, I don't know, man. Yeah. Well, Ultimaker also has kind of a certification program for third-party materials. I think That's true. 
that they are well directly selectable with parameters and everything in in Cura, which is on the one hand really nice because you don't need to buy the expensive Ultimaker material um, and you have more variety in colors and materials and properties. Um, and for unexperienced users, it's nice that they can use different material also just plug and play. And um, I think I have talked to somebody about that that process and it really requires you printing like a, a ton of samples to make sure that the profile and the yep. material is is working properly with the machine, which is okay on the one direction, uh, on the one hand, but um, I don't know if they're now marketing that as being open, but still being like kind of closed. And I don't know if if companies like Polymaker now sell maker but method compatible material with RFID tags if they are also going to charge a premium for that and possibly I mean very definitely um how much how much use is that even if you if you need to put in a experimental tool head onto your your method um because that that very much sounds like you're you're just signing away your warranty right there um if you need to put on an experimental tool to even use the materials that are then qualified, like is it does it make sense for the manufacturer to even run through the qualification process? Process. It's like I don't know. the 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 question I think is always, what is the reason for you to use third party material? It's cheaper, and it's cheaper. Definitely, I think this is one of the obvious reasons. But also, on the other hand, it's um, a larger variety of materials. And this is, on the one hand, this is positive because um, I think the the amount of different materials that you can buy for the method is is pretty limited at the moment. And if you want something special, ESD safe or carbon fiber reinforced special materials... um, other manufacturers are now able to to produce material or to just make material ready to also be printed on one of those machines. So do you, do you really? I do don't you really need a method if if you're going for specialty materials. Mm, probably yeah. not. <laughs> well, it's a it's a heated system, and, and those are pretty rare because patents and stuff. Um, mm. Yeah, it's just going to be such we'll a see. such a small sub. I mean. Makeabot method users are already such a small subset of, of 3D printer users. And then the users that then decide to upgrade to that experimental tool are going to be an even smaller subset of that subset. So how many users are going to be there? The, <laughs> now, now as, you, as you brought up um, like material choice, my, my mind was still at cost. So is Makeabot banking on the fact that people are going to buy this upgrade and going to spend money on the upgrade so that they maybe... Um, plan on saving money in the long run uh, because they can use cheaper filaments. Is it is it MakerBot taking their share or their, their chunk of cash up front uh, for people that, that, you know, plan to save? <laughs> Maybe, why, why, I don't know. Uh, a, a especially uh, hardened. What? I, th- I don't know. It looks like that they are having a hardened steel nozzle. Um Oh yeah, uh, that's a big feature. You can now uh, swap out components on the hot end. Uh, yeah, and you can swap out components. Well, 
it's it's the same thing with the ultimaker and we already talked True. about that uh, yeah uh for the ultimaker yes you can buy new um how are they called um print cores um yeah print cores print cores um but if just your nozzle is clocked you need to buy a 130 dollar new tool head i think that's ridiculous it is and absolutely it is it's yeah ju just at the general approach of hey we're gonna have this new machine and we're gonna have taken away all the features or many of the features that you've expected and now we're gonna sell them back to you with this upgrade <sighs> well intel used to do something <laughs> like that um where you could buy upgrade keys for your processor that you already owned, and it would upgrade it from, you know, a lower tier to a higher tier. It would unlock a hyperthreading or unlock higher overclocking potential or something. <laughs> um, huge fail. Nobody did that. But but is it is it actually the same for your GH five where you bought <laughs> the key to uh, yeah to, to film yes. in vlog? Yeah, it's it's. But uh, is it the same though? So <laughs> Vlog L on the GH5 is not a feature that you're used to having on on you know a, a mid-range uh, mirrorless camera body. It's something. It's a feature that you used to from professional cameras. It's like you're okay. getting like they've they've never taken that away, and it okay. wasn't part of the original firmware. It was actually something that was developed after the camera came out. Um, so for them, I guess it's a it's a motivation to keep upgrading and keep putting effort into the camera's firmware, uh, even after they've already sold it to you, because firmware upgrades typically are free. I know it's it's kind of like a <laughs> it's kind of similar, but it's I think it's a it's a different range of products and a different ecosystem that they get into there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm just playing know, devil's advocate. That's, so. that's where the, the best discussions come from. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, um, to be honest, I haven't seen... Well, I haven't really watched the MakerBot method at Formnext. Just, I don't know, because I was too busy. Um, I don't know if the prints are extraordinary good or extraordinary tough or something like that. I don't know if it's worth, worth buying one of those machines. I would really like... To find that out so it would be nice just to try one out just to see if it's yeah if it's really uh -huh. worth the all the extra cash it is an expensive machine after all yeah <laughs> yeah but that's um uh i don't know do you actually know how much one of those is i think when we first when, when we talked about the announcement i think we talked about the pricing it's something around 10 grand not cheap <laughs> that's that's all i remember from that um uh, oh 650 wasn't it like there, there's different kits and different packages you can get yeah puff make about method x performance bundles region. yeah yeah uh, same here what are these um, companies i've never heard these distributors Anyways, yeah, it's it's still it's an expensive printer. If if you look at what the Ultimaker is, it's not that far off if you compare it to an Ultimaker extended, maybe. Mm. Uh, anyways, yeah, it's it's not the region that we're usually in. At least not mm. on our channels. You might be uh, a bit more familiar with that stuff in your professional work, but yeah, that's that. Should we move on to questions? Yeah.
Definitely. This is a a long one that I actually do have a pretty short answer to. So um, <laughs> I'm going to try to to sum this up. So uh, Paul is asking. Uh, he's got a bunch of uh, 1.75 millimeter filament. The only printers that he has available use 2.85 or vice versa. So um, how can you convert a printer from one size to the other? And he also mentioned, yeah, this is not an easy project, obviously. Um, can you do a video or two specifically for this? And I'm happy to announce that I have done something like this. I think it's been like two years ago where I converted the uh, LoadSpot Mini to 1.75 millimeter filament. It is behind me somewhere right there. And it used to have a 2.85 millimeter hardened. It's, if you go down in size, you basically need a way to shim your filament path to make sure the filament doesn't flop around in there. You need a different hardened and you need a few firmware changes. And possibly your extruder is already compatible um, with, a, with a small mod. The other way around, you're probably going to have to do um, a bit more drilling out and, and fill everything in with a Bowden tube. Teflon tube, okay. um, but it's it's not that hard of a process if you have, well, I guess if you have the, the right conditions to 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 get started. I was gonna say if you have the filament source, but uh, the filament, the firmware source, hard words with F. Um, if you have the firmware source, then you can just change these steps per millimeter. But you can do that through G code as well and just save it in EEPROM. So you don't even need to mod and. Yeah. And in the worst case, uh, yeah. just scale the. Oh, hold on. Well, scale the scale the hold flow. Hold on, no, in... I'm, I'm, getting, I'm getting this wrong. You don't even need to change it in the. If you're keeping the extruder, you don't even need to change any steps per millimeter because the millimeter is staying the same. You're just changing the diameter in your slicer. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So you don't even have to change anything there if you can somehow mechanically feed uh-huh. uh, the wrong size filament to the extruder. Do you think you could feed? 1.75 millimeter filament just directly into your Ultimaker or your uh, BCN Sigma um, without any modification. Uh, those are both Bode machines. So that is... <laughs> I think people have done stuff like that, but not on Bode machines. It, it does definitely work in some cases, but on Bowden I wouldn't do it. I would at least swap out the, um, the Bowden tubes. Yeah. If... Probably if it's your last resort it might work in a horrible manner but yeah um, right if if you're gonna attempt that i'm gonna say don't vary your your print speeds your flow rates too much just try to to keep uh the entire Bowden system because it's, it's gonna be a huge spring that you're loading and unloading each time mm. you, you try to change speed or try to retract yeah. so you're not gonna get retracts out of it and just try to stay at one speed um just so that you, you're kind of keeping that spring pressure constant it's it's probably going to work it's not going to be pretty but it's probably going to work (laughs) so you'll link uh your video down in the show notes absolutely i guess cool next question from george Tom, after your brief synth with the MPCNC, mostly printed CNC, are you still planning on designing or be- uh, a better one yourself with the community? I know you're planning a wood one, but I felt this was a bit different, especially budget-wise, since he is not planning to spend 1,500 euros on it. Thanks. 
Right. So um, the the thing with the MPC and C was I thought it was going to be a, a, a nice, easy project to get into. Print the parts, build everything, have something that mills materials. Um, if I'm going to start designing something myself, it is going to be a significant effort. And if I'm going to put that significant effort in, I would rather design something that is uh, wood-based or has some proper cutting capabilities. Um, because I think that there are there are designs out there that uh, allow you to uh, print a CNC or, or use... Um, well, use use common tools to make something that cuts uh, acrylic or wood, or or any of the easier materials. So, since I think the the project we're going to do the competition, I guess we're going to do Stefan. Uh, we are that that we are, we are committed to that, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, since we are going to when your hardware stores open again, <laughs> I was actually looking at whether I could order um, cut plywood online, and it looks like. It's it's definitely an option. It's going to be a bit more expensive than you know getting at the at the hardware store, but it's going to be an option. Just saying. Just say that you're a business and you'll you'll get some. That's true. Yeah, and probably in, in <laughs> what is it, one and a half weeks, uh, we are going to reevaluate here whether the current uh, lockdown situation is appropriate or not. But yes, I I would. I think right now, I the thing I want to do is to to build that um, that machine that we are intending to cut steel with. <laughs> I have no idea if that's going to work out or not. Um, I've I've done a quick preliminary like how do you call it like bounce some ideas off of you. Have you, Stefan? Have you had a look at that document? Your spec the, sheet. Yes, yes, I did. So what you're basically saying, there are plenty of working designs around for a MPCNC which is suitable for for wood and acrylic and if you want to like invest ones, yes. your time in something something different which is which hasn't been done probably Has that, probably that been way done before. before i mean let's face it cnc yeah. designs are abundant um but yeah at this point if i'm going to design something myself i would rather do that cool so i think the, the last comment, it's it's actually not a question. Uh, we talked about non-planar 3D printing in the last podcast. And um, if there is a patent by Autodesk on non-planar 3D printing and Jan Mark uh, yeah, sent us a link to a US patent. patent um, and it sounds like, yeah, they, they actually do have one, which um, is... Bad in the one way that it might not be as open as many people are hoping. On the other hand, it might be good that we might see an integration of that in Fusion 360 at some point. Yeah, possibly. So it's from 2015 when it's been filed. Um, so that patent is going to expire uh, December 23rd, 2035. <laughs> I mean, that's the thing about patents that they last for 20 years um no. but yeah i've uh, reading through patents is always uh if you're not a patent lawyer you're probably getting half of the stuff wrong but yeah it does look like it is a extruder with a correction factor for slopes on the surfaces of an object yeah 
So something, it, something. It reads like it's a mechanical part, but I, how would that be different from, uh, from any other printer? Because a printer can do simultaneously uh, or simultaneous movements in X, Y, and Z. It's like <laughs> maybe if I'm really bored the next couple of days, I might try to read through one of those pat uh, through this pattern. But yeah, I don't know if it if it really is exactly what non-planar 3D printing does. Looking at the pictures, it looks like non-planar 3D printing. Um, I don't know. Maybe there was something in that direction already before, and maybe the patent is 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 not valid in the end. But yeah, so so far there is at least something by by Autodesk. Yeah. So yeah, yeah I guess that the way I'd, I'd read it is he a normal three D printer is fine as long as you don't use it for non planar printing. <laughs> it's, it's the same. It's the same hardware. Yeah. Right. Oh, well, it was it was good to talk about some stuff that is not COVID-19 related. I know that, that a lot of people here um, in, in Germany are already talking about like how, how are we going to get out of this lockdown and, and, you know, this should end and all that. And I can feel it like I'm I'm, I'm just getting sick of hearing of, about it. Um, but it's going to be something that's going to be sticking around for a while, whether we like it or not. Mm -hmm. We're going to have to be dealing with it for a while. Yeah, yeah, in some way or another. Yeah, um, the best of it. Yeah, hopefully there will be different topics to talk about in the near future. Um, yeah, I hope that everybody is healthy at the moment, um, and you're not that upset that we talk about that that topic a little bit. But yeah. Hey, if if you want if you want non-COVID-19 content, just go to my YouTube channel. <laughs> <laughs> or or write a comment down below and yeah, give us give us some topics to talk about in, in the upcoming podcast. Absolutely. And yeah, so you 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 won't be uh on, on your honeymoon vacation in two weeks? Honeymoon would have been, I think, starting tomorrow. But yeah, Südtirol is nobody's going <laughs> uh, there. No, and you probably um, shouldn't, even if you could. Well, it's actually pre-honeymoon because the wedding's next week. Um, yeah, and the next week, wedding just like a lonely <sighs> two-person uh, wedding. <laughs> but it is how it is. Yeah. It, we'll we'll party at it, some point in the future people were asking for for live streaming <laughs> the the wedding to the well to i the was family, gonna ask like not not your youtube just, commenters because that that would be kind of weird no that would be totally weird no just for the family right. but yeah we said um, that's ridiculous right it's gonna be a bonding experience that's <sighs> Yeah, well, we will definitely remember yeah. that. Um, remember that year when we got married and everything was locked down? Ah, yeah. <laughs> 2020. <sighs> All right. Okay. I think I think we're done here. We've, we've done our job. Definitely. I hope you guys were entertained. Um, 
Stefan, thank you for taking the time. Thank you as well. And yeah, I guess I see you in the next yeah, one. Yeah. And all of you yeah. others. And if, if, if you want to support us on, on Patreon and all that, we, we're still going to go through that. <laughs> uh, all that is linked below. Thank you for watching. Goodbye. Thanks. Goodbye.